I was in an elevator. It was in a luxury apartment complex. It's called the Atlantic Building. It was in New Jersey. It's one of those like 30-something floor buildings that they build right there on the, wa on the water um, in Newport Pavonia. So I was going up on this elevator, and there were <clears throat> three other people who joined me on the elevator. There was this woman and her daughter, and there was this guy. The guy who entered into the elevator was clearly a worker, either a construction worker or a worker within that building. And he looked like he had put in a hard day's work. He, you know, he was uh, sweaty and he was dirty and all that stuff. So we come in and so <clears throat> there's the woman and her daughter and we're going on the elevator and it's going up a, a million floors. And at the very beginning of the, as soon as the elevator closes, the, the little girl says, um, she goes, he smells. And the, the mother said, now, I, I, I think her name was, um, what was her name? Satan. And so the mother said, now, little Satan, don't say that. And, and the mother and, and the daughter said, I'm just telling the truth. At which point, I'm not sure there's ever been another point in my life where I wanted to smack a kid that wasn't my own more than I wanted to smack that child. I wanted to tell that child that her, what, whatever she was thinking was the truth needed to be kept to herself that she was not adding value, that she was not. But here's the thing. That problem is not just with that kid, is it? You see, as the community of Christ, the people who are coming together, we too need to learn how to speak the truth in love. Because if you just listen to me, this is going to be a challenging sermon for many of us. And the reason is, is because we fall off of one side of the horse or the other. Some of us are truth folks. And you're here in this sermon. And as I go on in the sermon, you'll be like, yeah, giving me permission to tell people what's on my mind. Finally, a, a message I can get behind. You're truth people. You're easy. You're critical. You're the one who easily says the truth to others. But you lack, you lack love. If you don't believe me, just ask your friends. Then there's another group of you who falls on the other side of the horse. You're on the love side. And you're like, no, 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 I can't tell them. It'll make them feel bad. I, I, I can't, I can't. I, I'm just there to love them. I'm not, I'm not trying to... Uh, uh, let them know if they're doing something wrong or if they're going in the wrong direction. No, that's not my place. You see, when we speak the truth without love, what we find out is that we're ogres. And that when we speak the, when we try to love without the truth, we find out that we're enablers. You see, it's speaking the truth in love that makes the words that we say in Christ. This message is so important 
for the singles in this room. Because as singles, you're probably looking forward to one day getting married, and you're going to be across the table from someone who is a potential uh, spouse. And there are going to be things that are in their lives that you're going to go, holy smoke, that's a real red flag. I should probably address that before we go any further. And what will happen is, is you won't say anything and you'll commit yourself to a lifetime of pain because you couldn't speak the truth in love. Now, this is also an important message for the married couples here because the truth is many of our marriages are toxic because we don't believe that we can speak the truth in love. In fact, we only the only way we tell somebody how we feel, some of us, is during an explosion or during an argument. And so you're telling the truth all right, but you're not doing it in love. This is important for everyone in your workplace, because many of us are in workplaces that are toxic. And so what we do is we don't tell um, the people around us, hey, I want to share something with you, but I feel like I struggle with it too. Um, but I, I just want to address it in myself, and I was wondering if we could talk about it together. You know, like when we sit down and gossip, I don't think that that creates a healthy work environment, and I'm so guilty of this. And so I just, I want, I want you to know, I, I'm not going to gossip to you, and I don't want you to gossip to me. See, what is that? It's speaking the truth in love. Or you can ignore that and just be toxic. See, speaking the truth in love has its place in every area of our lives. And when we don't, we harm those around us in more ways than we can imagine. Today, we're going to look at a scripture about speaking the truth in love. Look at Ephesians 4, chapter 14 and 15, and Ephesians chapter 4, verses 25 and 32. So we're going to do 14 and 15, then going to jump down to 25 to 32. Um, I want you to, if you will, stand with me. And the reason that we stand is because we are so looking forward. We're saying, God, this is your word. We stand in reverence, and we want to hear from you. So, won't you... Um, hear the word of the Lord. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head. That is Christ. Therefore, you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, 
rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. This ends the reading of God's word. Please have a seat. That's a mouthful, isn't it? This idea of telling the truth in love is not unique for us in our community. We need it in every single community. So if you are a lover with no truth, I want you to say, I want you to listen to this entire message because I want you to receive what God has for you and perhaps give you the words and even the courage to speak the truth in love. If you're a truther and not a lover, then I want you to, honestly, for those of you who are truthers and lovers, I don't want you to apply this message, at least not this week. I want you to sit, especially thinking about what we're about to say. Because the truthers, some of you are just raring to go. Like right after this, you're going to tell your wife or you're going to tell your husband what you've been waiting to tell them. And I'm just like, okay, maybe there are better ways to apply this. And I want you to listen to the entire message. And until you've gone through the process of readying your heart to speak the truth in love, I don't want you to do it yet. Got it? Let's get into it. So here are two principles that I want to share with you about truth telling. And in your bulletin, in your sermon map, you can write this down. Speaking the truth in love is vital for the church. Would you write that down? Speaking the truth in love is vital for the church. In any community, if you want to destroy that community, in any relationship, if you want to destroy that relationship, in any interaction, if you want to destroy that interaction, all you have to do is lie. That's it. It destroys the very foundation of a relationship, trust. So we got to start being truth tellers. Now, here's the thing. I tell you this all the time, that I'm the biggest sinner in the room. I'm also the biggest liar in the room. I find myself lying when I don't have to. Like, I'll, I, will, I will say, oh, something hurt me? And I'll go, oh, no, it's fine. No big deal. No worries. And it's not fine. And it is a big deal. And it did hurt me. But I don't want to go through the, because I'm a, I'm a lover type, and I just go, oh, I don't want to be a truther, and it just, I don't want to make them feel bad. They already said that they were sorry. I don't want to bring, oh, it's no big deal. No big deal. It's like, it's a huge blind spot. And then what will happen is, is that I'll grow in bitterness over time, because I never even shared with them what the truth was. You see, if we are going to be the community, the body of Christ, the church that God wants to see here on the corner of Skimmerhorn and 3rd Avenue, if that's it, then we got to be able to speak the truth in love. We have to. But also, it's not only vital, and you see that in verse 25, therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. Notice that it doesn't say truthful to the other members of the body of Christ. It says to your neighbor. 
Because this just doesn't qualify for Christians with other Christians. It qualifies for all of us. Beloved, your neighbor, your family, your friends. Secondly, speaking the truth in love must never be separated. And we talked about that a little bit, so I'm not going to belabor it too much. But it can't, you can't separate it, right? I don't want you to be the ogres who speak the truth and not love. And I don't want you to be the enablers who love but don't speak the truth. we got to put them together. And that is hard work. That is very difficult. And so we got to be willing to address that. we got to be willing to lay it down. we got to be willing to go through the process of praying and reading scripture and not giving someone the peace of our mind because we know that our hearts are not ready to do it in love. Or not be so quick to say, oh, no big deal, because we know our hearts need to speak the truth. Let me give you some uh, types of non-truth-telling that some of us, that honestly, that I fall into and maybe you do too. The first one is exaggeration. The first one is exaggeration. And oh my gosh, is this a problem in the church or what? I can't tell you how many times I've come up here and, and I go, oh wow, that was a terrible sermon. And people are like, oh pastor, that sermon changed my life. You know what I started to do when people started to do that? I'd say, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's, 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 you know what? We do that. We, it's a Christian thing. We do it. We think we're being nice. We're not helping each other. We're just doing it. It's, here's the problem with that. When, when you do that, when you do that, people stop believing you. People stop believing you. And so I, what I've started to do, and it's kind of funny to me, I go, really? What changed your heart the most? And they'll go, uh, I don't know, it's just the spirit of the Lord was there. Like, yeah, I bet it was. Bet he was. So we need to, in a real way, stop exaggerating. Why? Because if we, if we exaggerate as a community here, you know what's going to happen? We're going to have to go outside of this community to really find the truth. I want us to be able to find it in this community. Okay, compassionate lies. Here's the second one. The first one is exaggeration. The second one was compassionate lies. This is where, this is where we see people going off in the wrong direction, but we go, I, don't, I just don't want to hurt their feelings. If I tell them this, it's going to hurt them. So what happens? Ladies, you have a, a, a girlfriend who's dating this guy, and you know I mean, you know. Like you spent just a very little time, but you know. And you go, and she goes, so, what do you think about Harold? And you're just like, he's great. He's a catch. He's the one. And it's a, it's a compassionate life, but what you've done is you've, while you might have spared her feelings in the moment, you have not spared her pain in the future. See, when people, people say you have to give tough love. No, you don't. No, you don't. You have to give real love. 
And giving real love is speaking the truth in love. Being broken and telling whatever the Lord gives to you to say. Exaggeration, compassionate lies. What about white lies? Oh boy. Um, You know, sure, it'll be no problem when it's a real problem and and it's going to cause tension within your family. Yeah, I can do that. Absolutely. It's my joy. Maybe not my joy. (laughs) But we tell these little white lies that we think are harmless, but then can put seeds in our heart for bitterness against those around us because they can't read our minds. They don't, we don't know that when you said, sure, no problem, that you actually meant, uh-uh, this is horrible. We, we didn't know that that was the translation that should have happened. And then there are fraction lies. Fraction lies are leaving small or big parts of the story. Oh my gosh, in marriage counseling, you can't imagine how this ha- that what, what happens here. Um, a husband will come into uh, my, uh, my office and say, you know, my wife is crazy. She was yelling at me, and then she took my record collection and threw it out the window. And I'm like, wow, that's horrible. That's I'm sorry, bring your wife in, let's all talk together, let's see if we can't talk about, you know, conflict resolution and all that. And she was, and then she'll come in, and then she'll say, yeah, I had, I was cleaning up, and I had his uh, 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 records in my hand, and he pushed me out the window. (laughs) I'm like, oh, you left that part out. You see, you see how crazy it is to just do fractionalize or just, Give or or just tell a little bit of the truth. When you were a kid, you did this. Um, your mom goes up to you and says, "Hey, who'd you hang out with?" And it was one, two, three, four, and five. Those are the people that you were hanging out with. But you know that four and five she didn't like. So what did you say? One, two, three. Oh, I was hanging out with one, two, three. We had such a good time. It's it's you see. Just leaving that little bit out. And is that a lie? Were you hanging out with one, two, three? Of course you were. But you weren't speaking the truth either, right? Yeah. So two principles of telling the truth is one is speaking the truth in love is important, vital for any community, but especially the church community. And speaking the truth in love must never be separated. Now, what does it mean to speak the truth in love? Well, here it is. I want you to write these two truths down. Truthful speech always seeks to strengthen, but untruthful speech acts are designed to deceive. Truthful speech always seeks to strengthen. Untruthful speech acts are designed to deceive. And you're seeing a little note that I put for myself when I was giving this talk. Motivation matters. Motivation matters. You see, look at it in verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. 
You see, when you're speaking the truth, you're not giving a piece of your mind. You're not setting them straight. When you're, when you're giving the truth, you're not at the end of your rope and I'm finally going to share with them what I've been really thinking about. Now I can honestly tell the truth because I'm, you know, the job is over and now I can leave and give them a real piece of my mind. No, 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 no. When you speak the truth, you're always seeking to strengthen them. That's one way you can find out if you're speaking the truth. What's your motivation? Are you looking to strengthen them or are you looking to tear them down? Is this for them or is this for you? So that you could get it off your chest. So that you could tell them what's on your mind. So that you could finally give them whatever you have. Ah, oh, beloved. Speaking the truth always seeks to strengthen. Untruthful speech acts are always designed to deceive. So you could see how you could be telling someone technically right things but not be speaking the truth. Not be doing it in a way. So you have to examine. That's why I said you're going to have to take some time before you're ready to speak the truth in love. Because you might have to pause and go, you know what? The reason I want to tell them that is because I want to hurt them. That's why. I want. And it might be true what you're saying. But it's not truthful in the way that the scriptures speak about. Because it's not edifying them. It's not building them up. You haven't done the hard work, the painful work of actually going, is this going to build them up? Truthful speech always seeks to strengthen untruthful acts. Untruthful speech acts are designed to deceive. Also, I want you to see this. Loving speech always seeks to build up, that is, to edify. Unloving speech acts are designed to tear down. Loving speech acts always seek to build up, edify. Unloving speech acts are designed to tear down. When we're sharing with someone in love, the primary goal is for their benefit. They're, they, we want them to see Jesus in a more beautiful way. We want to address, this is, listen to me. This is so hard to do in friendships and relationships. This is so hard to do with children. Because you have your children. And are you, listen, can we talk? I want all the perfect parents in this room to raise your hand. If you're like perfect, I want you to raise your hand in this room. Okay, we got one perfect parent. Okay, that's good. And it's good that we're in a, we're, it's good that we're in a sermon about telling the truth, right? Yeah, yeah, we all need it now. Yeah. That's important, right? Pretty close to perfect, right? Oh, she raised her hand. Okay, we got two. Okay, great. I'm glad that we're here telling the truth then. Um, here's, here's the thing. Many of us, many of us, we messed up with our kids. We just blew it. There are things in our past Maybe, maybe we loved alcohol more than we loved raising our kids. Maybe, maybe we loved working more than we loved our kids. Maybe, I don't know. You struggle with stuff. I struggle with stuff. I just know that I have failed my kids more than I want to confess at this moment. That's what I know. And so there are times when telling my kid the truth, because I see all my failures in the past, I just feel so guilty about it. 
And I see that they're going into a destructive path. And I know that the way that they're going to, that, that, that the way that they're going is going to lead to destruction. And I just go, you know, Edwin, you're just going to upset them. There's just going to be more tension in the relationship. Just, just don't say anything. You see, but that's not loving, is it? Because what am I doing? I'm, I'm, I'm committing them to a decade or more of bad choices. I'm, I'm, I'm taking away from them the wisdom that they might benefit from. It's not loving. It's the most unloving thing to do. See, when we speak the truth in love, sometimes we have to say hard things that we wouldn't want to say. So is it, so we have a friend, and our friend is struggling with alcohol, but he doesn't, he didn't get the memo yet. He doesn't know that he's struggling with alcohol. He just thinks he's having a good time. And it's no big deal because he only does it on weekends, whatever it is. Okay, so, so what do we do? We do nothing. We say nothing. No. If we're going to speak the truth in love, we go, you know, Daryl, I tell you, I love you, man. I, I struggle with so many things in life. I struggled with lust. I struggled with addiction. I struggled with anger. I struggled with all these different components. And so it, it looks like this alcohol thing is becoming a little bit bigger. It's, it's like taking over your life. Can we talk about that? Because I love you. And I'm not trying to hurt you. And I'm, not, I'm certainly not judging you because I see myself as worse than you. I'm just saying I see it. And I, I thought that our friendship demanded that I would just be honest with you. You see, speaking the truth in love. Speaking the truth in love. Someone comes up and, and says, uh, you know, like a, a relative. And again, let's do this uh, uh, alcohol drug thing, right? You know that they're, or they're gamblers or whatever. You know that they're struggling with this thing with money. So they come up to you and they say this. They say, hey, can you, can you spot me 40 bucks? And what do you say? You lie. You say, I don't got it. Because you don't want to give it to them because you know that they're going to gamble. And you're, but you're not speaking the truth in love. It's a glorious opportunity for us to go, hey, Susie, can we sit down? I've noticed. And again, starting with your own brokenness, you know, I've struggled with a lot of things in my life. And so I know what this looks like to struggle with something. But I've noticed that you've been visiting, you know, the casino up in the Bronx. You've been visiting it a few times too many. And I, I just want to push you on this. I, I love you. But I, I have the money. I just think that if I give you the money, it'll harm you more. You don't love me. How could you say that? Judging me. What, because you're going to church now? You, oh, now you're a super Christian? You go to church two times and now all of a sudden I'm the gambler and you're the holy roller, right? Like, whatever it is. And, and you know what it is, beloved? Beloved, listen to me. You absorb that. You absorb it. You absorb it. You go, you know, you're right. 
And if I'm, if I'm doing this in a way, that's how, but I, I still think that what I said is, is me, my best attempt, as broken and fractured as it is, it's my best attempt at speaking the truth in love. So, how do we, how do we attack the lies that are rooted in our heart? How do we get at them? Okay. We're going to do this really quickly, but I want you to see this. I want you to experience it. There are four idols of the heart that we talk a lot about here. They're also the roots of our lies. The reason that you lie is basically for four reasons. And I want you to see them and then ask the Lord to help you address them. So, there are approval-seeking lies, power-seeking lies, control-seeking lies, comfort-seeking lies. Let's take them one at a time. Approval-seeking lies. Approval-seeking lies are the lies that you tell so you can get someone to like you or you can get someone to desire you. It's the guy who goes on the date um, and he goes, oh, where do you want to go? What restaurant do you want to go? And she says uh, a restaurant that's above his pay grade. Like, it's too much money for him. But he goes, yeah, I'll go. Absolutely, can't wait. And he takes her, and then he's bitter against her for the rest of the evening. It's, he did it to gain her approval, to, gain, to get her to want him. It was a manipulation. And when he didn't get what he wanted, then he got upset. You see? It's approval-seeking lies. But those aren't the only ones. It's power-seeking lies. Power is wanting to be seen, like have your name in lights, wanting to uh, be um, seen as significant and important, right? So, oh, did you visit so-and-so in the hospital? Of course I did. Just because you want them to have a greater level of respect for you, want them to look at you in a different light. Those are power-seeking lies. Control-seeking lies lies. Control-seeking lies are the lies that you tell in order to get people to do what you want them to do. And in your mind, you think, but I want them to do what's good for them. But in the end, it's just you trying to control the situation. I, I, I grew up with a, a mom who was a paranoid schizophrenic. I told this my whole life. I would tell her anything that she wanted to hear just so that she wouldn't go out. And be in the street, and do God knows what. And so I struggle with control. I struggle with control. I don't know if you know this. I struggle with control in this church. You don't believe me? Ask the leaders. <laughs> it's terrible. I struggle with this stuff. In other words, I'm not just preaching to... Listen, 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 listen. We're, we're doing this together. And you're laughing at my control, but... um, Right? I might be able to laugh at yours, too. And so here's the deal. Here's the deal. The reason I do approval-seeking lies is because I do not believe that Jesus' desire for me is enough for my soul, so I want someone else to desire me. So I pretend to be someone that I'm not. The reason I do power-seeking lies is because I don't trust that God is the most significant one. Jesus is the one to be praised and lifted high. I want a little bit of his glory, so I want you to look at me better than I am. 
The reason I do control-seeking lies is because I simply don't trust Jesus with the outcomes of my life. And so he needs a little help. Obviously, he doesn't know as, he's not as wise, and he doesn't know as much as I do. So I have to manipulate the situation to control it. And finally, comfort-seeking lies. Comfort-seeking lies are the lies that you say so that you could remain uh, in pleasure, uh, uh, not bothered. You know what comfort-seeking lies are? Um, Someone calls you up and goes, man, I really need your help moving. I'm moving this weekend. And you're like, oh my gosh, I would love to, but I'm so busy. (laughs) Busy binging on Netflix, maybe. But you see how those are comfort-seeking lies? That you're just doing it for you so that you don't, you're not bothered. But comfort-seeking lies are also the lies that we tell ourselves to click on that next um, site, website. That's no, guys, I'm talking to you. Girls, I'm talking to you too. Clicking on that website that has nothing good to offer you. Because you just want pleasure. You just want joy. You just, and, and Jesus is not enough to give you comfort, joy, and satisfaction. You have to find it in this other thing. You see, every one of our lives is rooted in not trusting Jesus to be enough for our lives. But I want you to see that Jesus told the truth for you. I don't want you to just see Jesus as a person who told the truth as an example to you but who told the truth so that you might be saved. You see, remember, Jesus is before Pilate. He's before Pilate, and Pilate goes, uh, these people are saying you're the king of the Jews. Now, if you put me in that same position, you know what happens? I say something like this. Um, is that what they said? No, listen, man. I, I'm, I'm the king of, like, their hearts. <laughs> I'm not, like, a ruler ruler, you know. I know you have the power to kill me. I'm not going to say, no. Jesus says, it is as you say. Why? Why would Jesus tell such a risky truth? He could tell such a risky truth because he was deeply in love with you. Speaking the truth in love. He could tell a truth that literally would end up in him losing his life. Because he wanted to save you from eternal death. Beloved, you and I are called by God to find in him all that we've been looking and lying for in other stuff. We need the gospel of Jesus Christ if we're going to be freed from the temptation to live our lives. I encourage you to come to Jesus, and here's how I want you to apply this. I want you, I just want you to start being an auditor. Will you be an auditor this week? I want you to be an auditor of your lives. I don't want you to change anything. I just want you to tell yourself the truth. Just be an auditor of your lives. I find myself, and when I'm talking to people, I literally have to stop in the middle sentence and then change to the truth. Because I'll go, you know, they go, oh, <clears throat> trouble, any trouble getting here? And I'll go, oh, no, there was no trouble. Actually, there was a couple of traffic jams and it took a little longer than I thought. Like, I literally have to stop myself. So I want you to be an auditor of the truth, but here's how I want you to audit it. 
I want you to ask yourself this question. Is it an approval-seeking lie? Is it a power-seeking lie? Is it a control-seeking lie? Is it a comfort-seeking lie? Which one is it? Approval, power, comfort, control. Approval, power, comfort, control. Approval, power, comfort, control. I want you to ask that question. You can have the little sheet with you, the sermon map. That's the point of having it so that you can reflect on it. And you can just start asking yourself, which one is it? And then take another step if you dare. Go, Jesus, here's the truth about me. I don't think that you can control the situation better than I can. That's why I lied. I don't want them to look, they've looked down on me for so long, I don't want them to look down on me anymore. That's why I lied. Beloved, what God will start doing is he'll start renovating your heart and renovating your life. With that being said, we come to the time of the service where we remind ourselves where we get the power to speak the truth in uh, in love. So today, of course, as you know, is Palm Sunday. Jesus comes into the city knowing that this will cost his life, and yet he does so at the great um, celebration of so many people. And yet those very same people would in just a little while longer be shouting for his death. Imagine that. They'll literally be crying out for him to die. Beloved, this is also true for us. This is also true for us. There's one moment where we're crying out to Jesus in celebration and joy, and the other one, in another moment, we're just telling him to take a hike. You see, what happens is, is that you will never be moral enough never be moral enough we don't need to be moral we need to be saved Jesus can save us so on the night that Jesus was betrayed there was a meal and in this meal Christ gave a command that we should never forget his sacrifice That everything that we are going to do in Christ is going to be an overflow of his sacrifice for us. That's why the bread. That's why the cup. It's a reminder that you don't have the power to tell the truth. That you're a liar, as am I. But that the one who is the truth, not only told the truth because he loved you, Because he loved you, he also lives in you by the power of his spirit. And what he did for you, he can do through you. Not in your power, but in his. Beloved, come to Jesus. Come to him.